coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona, the heart of the Valley of the Sun. This is Mets Fans Out West, and now here's your host, Steve Villardi. Hello, Mets fans. How's it going? Welcome back to Mets Fans Out West. This is episode five. Uh, Mets fan strikes back, I guess. Um, been a lot going on, a lot of baseball in my life. Let's see, going back to the end of April when we made the trip to, uh, see those Metropolitans in San Francisco, uh, saw a couple of games up there. The Friday night game that was pitched wonderfully by, uh, Joey Lucchese, and, uh, they won that one 7 nothing. And then returned the next day with, uh, with Lauren and, um, her kids and my, uh, nephew and his girlfriend. And it was a great day, except, uh, the Mets lost. And I, I swear that Friday night game, that seven nothing game, that was like the last really solid game that, uh, I think I've seen them play. But, uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Anyway. Um, but just, again, a beautiful stadium, uh, second time I've been there, and, uh, highly recommend, uh, the Giants ballpark in San Francisco. And while we were there, we got to say hello to a lot of Mets fans, because I had this idea for, um, you know, I was just gonna make these little cards with, uh, the logo of the podcast and some information on how to find the podcast, uh, the email, blah, blah, blah. Um, which is, by the way, MetsFansOutWest at Yahoo.com. Anyway, I had these, uh, little, uh, almost business cards made for the podcast, and I was, had them in my head to make them for when the Mets come here to Phoenix, uh, and figured I would hand them out, uh, out there. And then just a few days before San Francisco, I was like, hey, dummy, why don't you, uh, why don't you get these done in time? You could take them to San Francisco, too. So I had them uh, expedited and uh, sent to my nephew in San Francisco, and that worked out. And we were uh, able to hand them out on Friday and Saturday, on Friday night, with uh, my pal Dennis Wu from Episode 2 and uh, my stepkids. So that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, I think I saw the last... Uh, really solid game uh, that the Mets have played so far this year in uh, 2023. I have uh, written on my my notes here for this little intro that I'm doing right now. I have the Mets stink question mark written on it because when I took these notes last week, um, I recorded this interview with uh, Richard on May 5th. So I was starting to make notes about what this I would say in this introduction, and it says the Mets stink question mark because I was hoping that by the time I was actually doing this intro intro, they would have turned it around and won, you know, six out of seven and everything would be uh joyful once again. But uh it just kept getting worse and worse, just um uh, unwatchable baseball. It just feels like it's always three nothing in the first inning. And against bad teams, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just not been a good brand of baseball for the past uh, couple of weeks. But I still have some hope, said the ever-optimistic Met fan. I mean, I know they've looked terrible, but, I mean, you just keep seeing those uh, statistics of where the Phillies were at this point last year where the Nationals were at this point in uh, 2019. I know it is a cliche, not just sounds like a cliche, it is a cliche. It is early and there's plenty of time for them to turn around. But yes, it is still true for, I'd say, a little while longer. I mean, look at last year. They won 101 friggin' games and a fat lot of good it did them. So let's just hope they stay around 500, get hot at the right time, and then get into the playoffs. That's what all these other teams do, and see what 
happens. And, you know, by the end of the year, there's always like five or six new guys on the roster, you know, whether it's for better or for worse, you know, we're not, you know, there can be changes made, there can be improvements made, and there's plenty of time to do that. All right, so calm down, everybody. Calm down, I said. But yeah, it's not like they're 10 games under 500. They're uh, they're still alive, as far as I'm concerned. Earlier tonight, they did win uh, the first game in Washington. Lindor got that big hit. Uh, I am recording this intro on Friday night, May 12th. And uh, yeah, so hopefully... Uh, uh, this turns them around a little bit, you know. Hopefully someday we will listen to this episode of Mets Fans Out West and and, and laugh and say, yes, that was the game the 2023 season turned around and they never lost again. Or, you know, something like that. Anyway, uh, speaking of tonight's game, I watched that uh, across a, well, unfortunately not so crowded plaza at uh, Chase Field, because we're in the midst of a crazy homestand. Uh, Ten games, the Diamondbacks are home for ten games, and then we have ten days off, and then we're back on for another ten. Anyway, at the moment, the Giants are here in Phoenix, and uh, tonight I was uh, in a really good spot for Conforto's blast of a home run that he hit tonight. And also at Chase Field, if I see anybody in Mets gear, I have been slipping them one of those little cards that I made. Uh, I'm probably not supposed to, but um, only to the people in Mets gear. You know, they deserve it. Uh, So if, uh, if you're one of those people who I slipped one of those cards to, send an email, say hello. Give us a like on the Facebook or a follow on the Twitter. Or, uh, as far as the show's concerned, please do any, or all, or any combination of the following things. Please like, rate, download, review, and follow all episodes. Huh? Is that what I'm supposed to say? I think that's close to what people say on podcasts. Anyway, please do all of those things if you like what you hear. And if you don't like what you hear, this show is called WTF with Mark Marin. So my guest on this episode is Richard Robolato. And I met Richard doing Tony and Tina's Wedding. What, you may ask, is Tony and Tina's wedding? Well, if you listen to the first episode where I went on and on and on about my life, you may remember that I mentioned that I've done a lot of acting and performing, and I wasn't really uh, actively looking for uh, acting jobs, but uh, on Facebook, I just happened to see auditions for Tony and Tina's wedding, uh minimal rehearsal time, uh, performances that paid, and, um, you know, rehearsals were over Zoom, so, and so were the auditions, so it was like, the hell do I have to lose, and uh, it absolutely worked out. I am playing the father of the groom, uh, Tony's father. Anyhow, what Tony and Tina's wedding is, uh, is it's a show that started off-Broadway in New York City in the 80s, and it was like the first interactive theater experience. You buy these tickets to a play, but you end up going to a large Italian wedding with a large, crazy Italian family. And you go to the church, and you sit through the ceremony. Uh, in New York, they used to do this. Here, it, it's like modified. The, the uh, ceremony and the reception take place in the same place uh, most times um, around the country. But uh, originally in New York, they would start at a church and then go to some kind of restaurant for the reception. And uh, a lot of the show is scripted, but then there are several parts of it that are improvised. So it depends a lot on the audience and, you know, hopefully the audience is coming to have fun and, uh, and play along. 
anyway, it ran in New York forever. Uh, and then I believe they opened a company in Vegas, and then there have been several productions all over the United States throughout the years. I believe they have been here in the Valley about 10 years ago. Uh, Richard was in that production, and he is in this new current production again. Uh, if you would be interested in booking a Tony and Tina's wedding uh, for an event or for uh, your community, uh, please send an email to info at TonyLovesTina.com. Once again, that's info at TonyLovesTina.com. And that is if you are interested in booking a performance, just interested in getting some information about how you might go about booking a performance of Tony and Tina's Wedding. And I'm not just talking about Phoenix. That is good for anywhere across the country. And they just did a brief run in London. All right. I think that's it. Episode five. Here we go. Now chatting. Richard Robolato. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Yes. 1965. Mm-hmm. And uh, I lived there until I was nine. Oh, wow. And then moved to the Bay Area and then moved here uh, in 97. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you were in California first. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, what part of Brooklyn? Bensonhurst. Yeah. So you're near where I grew up. You're yes. from my neck of the woods, where, uh, like, more specifically, or like what subway stop? <laughs> well, I, you know, the, the one thing that I remember about Brooklyn was 86th Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially, you know, when, when you watch the beginning of Welcome Back, Cotter, and at the very beginning, you see crowds of people walking the street. Mm-hmm. That's how I remember it. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to go there all the time. My grandmother took me, my cousins. We went, we went there all the time. So that was that was my one of my greatest memories of New York. And but you were only nine when you left. So yes, uh-huh. yeah. But it, you know, it's I went back a lot after that, and it's it's something that's part of you for the rest of, rest of your life. Yeah. So. Do you still go back often? Not not as much as I'd like to. But yeah. In my dreams, I'm there a lot. So. Yeah. <laughs> And how did you become a Met fan? My father took me to a doubleheader in 1972 against the Phillies. Oh, yeah. And Steve Carlton was pitching, and I remember Mike Schmidt, mm-hmm. and uh, even Tim McCarver. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Larry Boa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was my introduction. Uh, my dad and I used to play catch. Uh, he passed away when I was eight years old. Oh, so sorry to hear that. The, the Mets are, are a huge memory of him. That uh, it's not only the Mets, but it's it reminds me of my dad. Yeah, and you were a fan instantly once you went to that game. Yes, that was that was it. Uh, that was yeah, and then I followed them. It's like in '72, I woke up and realized what the world was all about. You know, because <laughs> you know, you, seven. I was seven years old. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, became a Met fan and, and uh, followed them, and, and has I haven't stopped, so it's 51 years. Wow. And in all that time, <laughs> one champion. One World Series. One World a Series. Of, a lot of heartbreak. Uh, I know. <laughs> so the rest of your family uh, Met fans as well? No. No? No. My, my brother is. My brother is 50, uh, 53. Mm-hmm. He's a Met fan, but not as not as much as I am. My cousin, I have a cousin in Brooklyn who's who's still a Met fan. He goes there a lot to City Field. Uh, but uh, no, my my son. I have a twenty nine year old son who uh, I used to take to see the uh, Mets Diamondbacks all the time. Mm-hmm. So where uh, Turk Wendell is there signing autographs, and he signed my hat, and he looks at my son. And I look, and I turned around and said to my son, "Do you want his autograph?" And he goes, "No, no, he's a Met, <laughs> right in front of Wendell." <laughs> so no, my my family they're not Met fans. Yeah, and my wife, who's a, a who's a Yankee fan, which oh, yeah. doesn't make any sense because she's from Mesa. I, I don't that doesn't make any sense no, to me. How does that work? 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, but she, we were talking last night. She goes, the Mets are like crack. You you just you just you know it, it sometimes it's very disappointing but you but you can't leave it alone you have to keep going back <laughs> you have to you keep searching that high from it, 1986 it, it, it's amazing from October 25th 1986 yeah. <laughs> when uh, Mookie scored when uh, Ray Knight scored the yeah. run <laughs> funny um, but yeah who were some favorite players when you were growing up you mentioned a lot of the Phillies players yeah. other than uh you, you did mention one met right my, off my my favorite player and my still my favorite baseball player of all time is number 24 when Willie. when when Willie Mays uh signed with the Mets in 72 i didn't know that he was such a huge player that he was so that he was like the 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 living legend Willie Mays. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I just know that he had a smile, and he was called to say, "Hey, kid." Yeah. And and uh, then I remember on uh, Saturday morning TV they had uh, the "Say Hey, Kid" was a cartoon about Willie Mays. Oh yeah. And I remember watching that as a kid. Uh, but the one memory I have of Willie Mays is is the the infamous Bud Harrelson Pete Rose. Uh, Thing then uh, when Pete Rose slid into Bud Harrelson mm-hmm. and they were throwing uh, beer bottles and stuff on uh, Shea Stadium, and Willie Mays came out and told everybody to cool it mm-hmm. because otherwise we would they would have to forfeit the game. Yeah, and Willie Mays was the one who took control. So I, I uh, always had tremendous respect for him because yeah. of that. I was at the game the day after. Oh really? The, the, the playoffs between the Mets and the Reds, and I got to boo Pete Rose, mm-hmm. which was which was amazing. <laughs> my my grandfather took me, and we sat in left field, and a guy behind us said, "You would have been hit by a beer bottle if you were here yesterday," mm-hmm. because that's Pete Rose was playing left field at the time. Oh yeah. So the Mets ended up losing that game, and and Pete Rose hit a home run. Mm-hmm. So, but. Uh, I remember someone brought a banner to that game or in that series that said Rose is a weed. I just remember seeing that sign in the background of that playoff series. That wasn't you guys? No. Okay. No. no. Uh, Tom Seaver, of course. Yeah. When uh, when I was a kid, I paid a dollar to somebody who said they had Tom Seaver's phone number in California. <laughs> I paid a dollar for that, and it was a wrong number. I was like six years old, seven years old at the time. <laughs> you want to take? A, you want to take a sip of your no. uh, water or anything? Be good. And I- then, uh, uh, of course, George Theodore, the stork. Mm-hmm. That that collision with Don Hahn. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Don Hahn because he played center field when he was playing. That means that Willie Mays had to sit. Mm-hmm. But Don Hahn, George Theodore, and he was just on. Uh, the broadcast a few weeks ago right and being interviewed all these years later mm-hmm. and i i was watching that game on tv when that happened um uh, john matlack was one of my favorites yes yeah. uh my my son was born my first son was born in 89 uh in november of 89 mm-hmm. at that time there was a thing called the senior professional baseball league in florida mm-hmm. and then later on it actually was here it had a couple of teams in arizona and these were guys who had, uh, it was 35 and over, catchers was 32 and over. Mm-hmm. And this is when they were paying players really good. And J.R. Richard tried out. I know he was in bad shape. Uh-huh. All these players, Greg Nettles, uh, Lenny Randall. Oh, wow. um, uh, Bobby Tolan was a man. Bobby Tolan from the Reds was one of the managers. Dick Williams was a manager. Mm-hmm. Earl, Earl Weaver. But John Matlack pitched for a team called the St. Petersburg Pelicans. And he was playing against the West Palm Beach Tropics. Mm-hmm. And I got to, I taped the game on VHS and I watched the whole game and I just watching Matlack when he, his, his leg kick, his uh-huh. high leg yeah, kick. Yeah, yeah. So my son, my, my, my wife at the time was in labor for 22 hours and this was like the, the day after that game. Mm-hmm. So 22 hours. So I left the hospital. My, my son was in the baby intensive care unit. Mm hmm. And uh, so I, I came home. The first thing I did to sort of get my adrenaline back to normal was I put on that game because I wanted to watch John Matlack pitch uh-huh. again. And that brought it down. Yeah. The stress of the day and worrying about my son was, was calmed down because I got to see Matlack mm-hmm. pitch. And I lived my childhood again. 
Uh, but of course, you know, Gooden, I've seen him pitch several times. Yeah. Um, uh, Piazza. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my uh, my 23 year old daughter was born, I was wearing a Mike Piazza shirt, mm-hmm. which I gave her. Nice. Uh, so, uh, but a lot of uh, a lot of players. I actually used to like Richie Hebner. I used to yeah. watch him uh, back in the 70s, and I mm-hmm. heard he was not a good base, a good uh, teammate. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and, and but the thing that I remember a lot about. Uh, growing up is you know Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy and uh, Ralph Kiner. Yep. And when I moved to the Bay Area, Lindsey Nelson actually started announcing with the uh, the Giants. Oh. So that was really cool. That I got to out. see him for you know hear him on TV for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's really good. Yeah, that's actually uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you about, uh, especially because you were in California first. How do you follow? Now it's easy with yeah. uh, the streaming services, MLB.TV. You can watch, you can listen, you can follow on your phone, you know, however you choose to do it. How did you follow the Mets before all that technology was available? When they played the Giants and then on the WTBS Superstation with the, against the Braves. Against the Braves, yeah. I mean, those games were on almost every Every day, so mm-hmm. I watched a lot. And I used to tape them. I had VHS tab- tapes right. of all the Met games mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't get to get to see them as much. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I followed them. Yeah, yeah, to look in the newspaper and yeah, every yeah. I I would I would call up the sports line. The newspapers would have the uh, the score line. Mm-hmm. I, I used to call that every day to get the scores, mm-hmm. and I remember calling them in uh, uh, I don't know eighty. Two or eighty-one, and hearing about Thurman Munson's plane crash. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I, you know, I still followed the Yankees because it was still, it was still part of New York. For yeah. Me. So I, I read the Bronx Zoo by Sparky Lyle, uh, but the Mets are, are still my thing. I had, you know, I had to follow some kind of championship team because in the seventies, after seventy-three, the Mets were kind of not there anymore. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a rough, uh, it's a rough rest of the decade after '73. Yes. Um, and what about now? Any favorite players currently? Um, I like Nimmo. Mm-hmm. Um, Alonzo, I like, but not, not really. I'm, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not a Scherzer fan. No. Uh, I think he's, uh, he's almost tapped out. Mm-hmm. Uh. But uh, no, I'm not a. I like I like the team, but I I, I don't I guess I, I I've learned not to get too excited. Yeah. Because when you get too excited about the Mets players, and then look what happened to Diaz, mm-hmm. and then you're let down. I know. So, uh, when and why did you end up moving to San Francisco, and then how did you end up here? Well, my, my father passed away right. when I was eight, and my mother just wanted to, to split New York. Mm-hmm. So we went to the Bay Area. We had family there. Yeah. and uh, But my heart was always in New York for all that, all that time. So you left your heart in New York. Not San Francisco. <laughs> Not yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. And then uh, we moved here because it was cheaper mm-hmm. than the Bay Area. I mean, the weather is not as nice as it is in California, but, Mm -hmm. uh, and then I was lucky that the year after I moved here, that's when the Diamondbacks opened up and I got to see my Mets again. Right. So. Awesome. Um, but just for, uh, California to hear was just. That's it. It was cheaper. Yeah. It was cheaper. We moved into a nice house and, Mm -hmm. uh, I had my own den, which is very much like this, because a lot of the stuff you have here with the Beatles posters and the Sinatra, I had the same stuff in my den. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got You have good taste. Thank you. <laughs> and you've got a Seaver jersey on Tom right Seaver, now? yeah. Very yeah. nice. That uh, That's how uh, we first met, kind of, over Zoom, because uh, Rich and I are doing, uh, are in this new Phoenix company of Tony and Tina's wedding, which I'll tell you more about in the intro. Um, but yeah, we were working on that together and our rehearsals were over zoom. And I said, I see a guy in a Mets Jersey. I- I'm going to send him a message. Um, 
So we had a couple of rehearsals over Zoom, and then we're doing this show in December, which was actually like a company's holiday party. Yes. And they loved the show for about 20 minutes. Unfortunately, the show is two hours long. Um, And 15 minutes before we went on, I get the alert, and I take the news over to Rich that Jacob deGrom has signed with the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't, it didn't, it phased me for a little bit, but I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. When you're a Met fan, you, you, you learn not to be surprised. Yeah. I feel bad for the newer Met fans. I really do because they're, they're, they're probably going through, they're just going crazy. Who knows how many uh, mental institutions are filled with <laughs> Met, new Met fans these days because you think it's going to go right, but it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember back in the uh, 90s when Vince Coleman was throwing firecrackers at people right. outside. Right, You know, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. And and then with, with, with Diaz, I was at church at, at confession, waiting to, for a confession. Going to confession is great, you know, but, but you know you're going to be there for a while. The people in front of you bring a lunch, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's terrible. So I'm, stand, I'm waiting in line. <laughs> And 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 then I see this alert, and I go, well, of course, why not? Yeah, you know the the Mets for the last uh, 2021 and 22 were in first place longer than any team, but yet they didn't win a championship. Mm-hmm. A fat lot of good it did them. <laughs> and and but am I surprised? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. So you know when when Degrom signed with the Rangers, it's just another thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it is what it is. I mean, ever since '73, uh, the first day that I ever remember being let down and depressed Oof. was <laughs> October '73 when Wayne Garrett, I believe it was a pop out, uh, and 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 thank God for YouTube, I get to see it again. Oh yep. my God, <laughs> I keep replaying it, and I remember my heart broke. And it's still broken all these years. Yeah. Beltron with, with the pitch to this day. I mean, that game was like, that was like the best and the worst. I know. I was there. I know. You said, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. said you were there. It's crazy. And, and, but that's being a Met fan. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, but that's life. I think being a Met fan is the greatest example of life. I tell my kids, life is going to be good. Life is going to be bad mm-hmm. because if it was all good, it'd be boring. So there's got to be some bad in into it, and you got to be ready for it. Well, that's a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. It's never all good, and when it's good, it turns bad. <laughs> uh, I agree with that, but I also think a lot of baseball is like life too, because like the best baseball players still fail seventy percent of yeah. the time. Yes. You know, and sometimes you hit the ball on the nose and it's right in someone's glove. And sometimes you barely touch it and it just falls in the right spot and uh, you get a hit, you yeah. know. And that's one of the things I love about baseball. And yes, being a Mets fan. And, and, and then sometimes your star baseball player breaks his, uh, what is it, his <laughs> knee or something, jumping up and down. Yeah. All right. So uh, this is a Kendris Morales part two. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, Morales wasn't a big player he didn't have a whole so this this was you know this was even crazier Mm -hmm. but i i I think yeah baseball is like life but i think the mets are are like there's nothing like the mets Mm -hmm. my mother passed away a couple years ago and when my father passed my mom would take us to the ball games especially a candlestick she used to take my my, me and my brother to the games in the freezing cold a candlestick and uh she Loved the Mets. She kept saying the Mets are the most exciting team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And they are. <laughs> There's nothing like it. Yeah. There's nothing like it. And are they going to, you know, I was, I'm part of the Knights of Columbus at my church. Mm-hmm. Exciting. I go to my church because it makes me feel young. There's mm-hmm. mostly 70, 78 year old guys. Uh-huh. I'm 57 and I'm the kid. Uh-huh. It's like being at the kids' table all the time. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm, I'm at the Knights of Columbus meeting and I'm doing a little speech. And I see one of the guys giving me this look. Well, it was a game that the Mets lost to, to Baumgartner in the, the, the wild card game. Yeah. And it was what, 0 0. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then as soon as he gave me the look as I'm talking, 
And I'm going, oh, boy, I didn't even have to know what happened. I yep. knew what happened just by his look. And But that's that's part of it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. All I know is that when I'm watching a game, especially I got this big TV and, you know, when they're, at, you know, playing in New York and they got those nice uniforms on, I told my wife, I said, when I go to heaven, I'm sure my heaven is going to be this, mm-hmm. is getting to watch the Mets play. Because to me, that's my heaven. Yeah. You know, I told my wife, I said, and I told my first wife too, <laughs> I said, I don't know what's going to happen in my life, mm-hmm. but I do know that regardless of what happens, I'm always going to be a Met fan. Yeah. Because of the joy that it's brought me all these years mm-hmm. and the heartache, but it's it's worth it 100%. Yeah. It's just part of who you are it's now. It's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So we mentioned Tony and Tina's wedding. Uh, so have you done other acting and uh, performing? I, I heard you've done some stand-up as well. I was in uh, a, a thing called The Dinner Detective for eight years, uh, which is a murder mystery theater that we did at different hotels in the Valley. That's the arc, yeah. And uh, I would host that, and I was an actor. The t- you know, and, and a lot of times I'm, I have to play an actor that uh, – mixes in with the crowd that they don't know I'm a suspect but mm-hmm. I kind of stand out so yeah. people kind of you know we we did a show at the main room at the Wild Horse Casino mm-hmm. and I was supposed to, I was a seated actor where I I was supposed to be one of the regular people but yeah, everybody kept plan. looking at me yeah right so uh and and then uh I I did stand up at a place called the Comedy Spot in Scottsdale mm-hmm. and I did the improv uh, but now, uh, and I, at my church, I put on some shows over there. Yeah. Made the old people feel good about, you know, the ones who could walk, which is, <laughs> but anyway. Uh-huh. So I keep busy. Yeah. Yeah. What about, uh, you want to talk about your day job at all? Yeah, I work for, uh, Banner and I, uh, I'm, I'm a trainer and I'm a supervisor and, uh, uh, we we work in a department that takes all the orders, the food orders for all the, the people in the hospital when oh. they call in their, the food order. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I train people to do that job, I always tell them that you know you've got you've got two or three minutes on the phone with someone who's hurting, and uh, you can help make them forget about what they're going through yeah. just by talking about food mm-hmm. and. Uh, the reason that I came up with that was because I had major surgery about 22 years ago, and I'm in intensive care, and you know, my, my it was a horrible surgery, and I didn't know if I was going to live or die. Well, I had a friend, Dwayne, called me up, and he I picked up the phone, and the first words out of his mouth was, "How about those Mets?" <laughs> so for a couple of minutes. My 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 mind wasn't on my IVs yeah. or or the thing down my nose or all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the Mets. Oh yeah, the Mets had just played the Diamondbacks for a four game series, and I believe the Mets swept them. This is actually in two thousand, uh, and so I, I I think about that a lot. And I got to tell tell Dwayne many times. I said, "You have no idea what you did for me. Mm-hmm. You took my mind out of the out of hell." And you brought it into a great place. So at my job, I think about that every day. Mm-hmm. And I tell the reps when I'm talking, when I'm training them, this is your time to be like Dwayne. This is your time to talk about strawberry layer cake or hamburgers or something. Yeah. Get these people's minds off of their troubles, at least for a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you can go home and you can look at yourself in the mirror and realize you did something good. Yeah, that's great. So it, it actually, so the Mets go into my personal life as well. Yeah. How long have you been there? Uh, about a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, which uh, banner? Uh, we I, I work at a main office, mm-hmm. and we we handle all the hospitals. So people who are in Wyoming call us, and we take the food orders oh. there. Yeah. And so it's we, just banner yeah. health in general, not a specific uh, location. Awesome. Um, speaking of food. So you haven't you left New York when you were nine? Yeah. Um, uh, is there any food from the East Coast that you miss that you can't get out here? There, there was uh, 
the hardest thing, of course, was pizza. Mm-hmm. There, uh, you know, you always hear New York pizza, New York pizza. Yeah. Uh, there was a place in Gilbert that closed down a couple of years ago called Casanova Brothers. Uh-huh. And uh, he was he was the best, Tony Casanova, and they closed closed down. But and uh, that was that was the best pizza. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you you bit into that, you you bit into Brooklyn yeah. every time you tasted it. I know there's there's one pizza on Fortieth or something, which is not too far than Phoenix, somewhere. Which we were there once, uh, but that's really good. But otherwise. Pizza is the elusive, mm-hmm. the elusive thing. Uh, Chinese food. I found a Chinese restaurant in Mesa that's really good off of Lindsay and Broadway. Oh yeah, that has Chinese uh, New York style. Awesome. What, what's it called? Uh, it's called. Uh, that's okay. I'll Google it. <laughs> yeah, it's called. Uh, it's sixty dollars every time you go in there. That's what it's called. Because <laughs> uh, we always get a lot of food. Yeah. Well. Yeah. When we when I first moved to uh, to California, all my relatives that were living there were from Brooklyn. Yeah, but they moved there in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, they moved to around San Jose, you know, when it was almost nothing. And my I had an aunt who said, "You have to try this pizza place. It's called Straw Hat Pizza." Mm-hmm. And she goes, "It's the best thing." And I'm going, "Well, she's from New York originally." I, we went there. It was like cardboard. Yeah. I'm going, no, she's brainwashed now. That's terrible. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and Chinese food, you said bagels? Bagel, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, the, the, I think the food is always better in, in Brooklyn because it's it's the excitement yeah. around it. I mean, my, my grandmother who lived until she was 95 Mm-hmm. I remember when we lived in, uh, when we used to go to 86th Street and go to Lenny's Pizza. Yeah. And we'd sit outside or sit inside and she'd get a Coke and then she would take the crust off the pizza and dip it in Coke like <laughs> it was cookies and milk. <laughs> and I still do that. Yeah. But I only do it New York style. I won't gonna, I'm not going to take a piece of uh, Pizza Hut pizza and Right, no. But it's it's just, you know... It's the ambiance that you don't get over here. Mm-hmm. So the food could be really good, but it's never going to be as good as it was back then. Yeah, uh, we we were worried about the food, but we're we're pleasantly yeah. surprised here with some things. We do Chinese food at Big Hang in Peoria. They're oh. decent. Um, I'd still like to find a better place. We'll try yours. And uh, apparently, there's a little hole in the wall right here on Seventh Avenue that's supposedly really good. So. We'll probably try that one on Mother's Day because they don't have an inside restaurant, so they won't be as busy. And then my wife makes me uh, a lot of pasta and stuff, so she's got me covered. Yeah. So the family still cooked like they were in Brooklyn, so you didn't miss that stuff, I guess, huh? No, I don't miss it. And my my wife's Hispanic. And oh, she, yeah? she cooks really good Italian food. That mm-hmm. was a prerequisite before we, we right. Know, so, you know, we're going to get married, you know, then then you got to know how to cook the, the Italian food. And right. she does really good. So. Well, well done. She passed the test. <laughs> Do you uh, follow any other New York sports teams? I, I, I follow the Jets. Yeah. Uh, I've been a Jets fan uh, passively. Yes. Uh, since Namath was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my father used to work at the New York Post. So did my grandfather. Oh, yeah? And they would deliver newspapers. They would take the bundles of papers. Nothing like, you know, how uh, later on you, you put the quarter in the machine, you take a stack of papers, you put them in the machine, you walk away. Mm-hmm. No, my, my, my father would take the bundles and throw it to all the, the, the stands. and the. But they used to give him... The rejected pictures, the sports pictures. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a, a ton of pictures from 72, from uh, uh, football, the Jets, a yeah. lot of ba- uh, Mets, uh, a lot from the 72 World Series. So mm-hmm. All the rejected pictures from uh, pictures from AP and all the, the wire services that they never used. Right. They gave my, my dad uh, stacks and stacks. And every day he would come home from work and he would give me an envelope of pictures from the game before. Oh, wow. So I still got a ton of it. So mm-hmm. because of that, it became uh, a Jet fan. And, you know, Joe Namath and John Riggins and, and uh, you know, all those guys. Yeah. So. But, and then, and the Knicks. 
Yeah. Uh, because of, uh, you know, Willis Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and then the Rangers. Yeah. Esposito. Uh, so, I mean, but I don't, I don't have, uh, I guess, the bandwidth to really follow it. Because being a Met fan, it takes everything out of you. <laughs> you, you. You got nothing. You got nothing after the season. You need the full off season. I, I need the off season. You know. Uh, sometimes I'll watch the Dominican games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and and it, you know I have my wife who understands uh, Spanish, so she can translate to me sometimes. Right. Uh, and then, but otherwise, I try to just focus on the next season because mm-hmm. I know as soon as day one, like. The preseason games, it's all stress right away. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just mentioned uh, the photos from the newspapers. Uh, two things came to mind. I forgot to ask you, was your family like uh, National League roots, Giants, Dodgers before the Mets came along? You or? know, my uh, I think my grandfather was a Brooklyn fan. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather never talked about the Robolados. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he would never t- talk about his family. So one day we went to uh, the the Mob Museum in Vegas. The Mob, oh, the yeah, mob yeah, yeah, Museum, and and uh, it used to be an old court building. Mm-hmm. So you start off on the first floor, and they show you a video of all these mobsters. Mm-hmm. You know the, the history of the mobsters. So at the end of the video, they're showing these names. They're just flashing by random. Mobsters. Most of them are 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 very popular, well known right. mobsters. And I see this name, John Robolato, flashes by, and I go to my wife. Oh God, you know, I I I felt I felt disappointed that nobody told me, mm-hmm. and 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 that you know excited that I have you know may have mob ties. <laughs> so I looked uh looked him up, and he he looks like my grandfather. He's got the same look. Mm-hmm. He looks like my brother. So uh, I did more research on him, and and uh, he was the guy who drove uh, uh, Willie Marotti, who was uh, Sinatra's real godfather mm-hmm. uh, from birth. Uh, the, my relative, if he is, drove him to the restaurant where he got uh, offed. Oh wow! Where he got hit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so my. No, I, I there had to be a reason why my grandfather never talked about the Robolato. So right. I really didn't know if he was too much into baseball. I think he did mention Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Dodgers, but he never really talked about it. Yeah. Everything was hush hush. Interesting. Are we even allowed to be talking about this? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> okay. So the other thing I wanted to ask uh after you mentioned those pictures was is there any other cool uh Mets memorabilia? That you've got other than those uh, those pictures. I had a uh, I have Ed Cramphole's autograph. Oh yeah, uh, my grandfather got that for me. Nice. Uh, but uh, you know, I have a ton of hats. I have all the hats. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my uniform shirts. Yeah. Uh, I I just think that the 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 Mets to me are more of a state of mind <laughs> than anything else. <laughs> it's it's part of part of who I am and uh my my daughter got me some met socks yeah which I wear but again it's it's part of my makeup mm-hmm. you know like like I, I like music a lot of the stuff you have here uh or I have a lot of Sinatra pictures and the Beatles so that's part of who I am too yeah so that's what makes it happy mm-hmm I was just kind of thinking uh about you know the Mets and the Beatles and I've always kind of felt like they both kind of they did and their fans kind of both grew up together in the 60s there's a great uh there's great footage of Brian Epstein looking up at the crowd while the Mets were performing at Shea Stadium right and the Shea Stadium connection exactly. of course but I mean that's like where it meets but I, I just kind of felt like the they're all kind of like children of the '60s that just yeah. grew up through that time together. Well, that was that was it. I yeah. mean, that was you know, it was that time. Um, so you've been a candlestick. You've been to this ballpark here. Any other ballparks that you've uh, been to? Um, 
to see the Mets or just in general? I, I went to Anaheim. Uh, I saw Nolan Ryan pitch a one hitter against the A's. Oh wow! When I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I, I I mostly just you know did some, I went to Yankee Stadium once when I was a kid in mm-hmm. Oakland. Uh, the A's when Conseco and McGuire were mm-hmm. playing, uh, but mostly uh, the Diamondbacks and the Giants and and uh, and the Mets. Yeah, uh, you know it's it's hard to go to a game when you're really not interested in who's playing. Yeah. Oh no! Uh, but I'm wrong. In 2005, in Mesa, there was a thing called the Golden Baseball League, mm-hmm. and uh, Ricky Henderson played for a team called the San Diego Surf Dogs. Oh yeah, and he would come out to play it. And I, I took, and this was at uh, Hohokam mm-hmm. Park at the time, and it one season, and that was it. And uh, we must have went to maybe 60 games or something. We were there all the time. Oh, wow. And the league was partially owned by uh, Pat Sajak. Oh, yeah. So he actually flew in from, from a helicopter. And uh, it was a big thing. But uh, that was that was thrilling to see Ricky Henderson playing. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we went to all the time. But that was it. That was it. Have you gone to uh, Mets spring training? No, 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 no. We go to the uh, Arizona Fall League a lot. Yeah. The championship games. My mm-hmm. wife and I will go there. Uh, and then even the uh, the Summer League out here, which is usually free. Yeah. Uh, some of the Summer League games, like in the middle of August. Right. So, and then uh, some of the spring training games. But, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Any uh, spring training stadiums that you... Uh... Uh, particularly like or go to a lot. I've been to an Oakland A's game and yeah, uh, Cubs. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, again, I'm not. I'm not really into the teams. It's just watching baseball, right? Which is good to watch a game and not be stressed out. Yeah, no, that is nice. (laughs) uh, But I, but I remember watching them way back in the in the mid seventies, especially on uh, WTBS and watching. The the game of July fourth was I think it uh, eighty five. Yeah, the eighteen that, six uh, was it eighteen innings. Yeah, where where innings? the Braves put on the fireworks anyway. People <laughs> right. were complaining. Yeah, I watched the whole game. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was a kid and that we yeah. were uh, allowed to stay. It was the fourth of July, so everybody was over. We were up anyway, and we were just you know those, some of us made it till the end yeah. of the game. That was a lot of fun. What's his name? Calls it the John John Sterling, the Yankees announcer. Now John, wasn't he? John Sterling was with them. Uh, um, Skip Carey, mm-hmm. Ernie Johnson, and Pete Van Weeren mm-hmm. were, were the, uh, the the guys. And then, of course, Chip Carey is a, the announcer for the Cardinals. Now. Right, right. If you were a ball player, what would your walk up song be? That's a tough one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I would do. Maybe, maybe it's uh, it's not unusual by Tom Jones. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Actually, be something, <laughs> something by Tom Jones. Yeah, I would like that. All right. So, if you knew me a few years ago, before I was planning to move out west, uh, is there something you would uh, some advice that you would give me, either Mets related or not? Yes. What is that? Don't. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Because the weather is it's it's hellish. Yeah, you know if you remember the uh, the show in the seventies, a year without a Santa Claus, and they had the <laughs> the, the heat miser. Sometimes <laughs> right. I'll post on Facebook every year. It's so hot that even the heat miser has left for the summer. <laughs> then why are you here? Why am I here? Yeah, because I like uh, I like driving behind a bus. You know to be frustrated. So I like doing things that. Frustrate the hell out of me because that—that's <laughs> why I'm a Met fan. I guess. It's frustrating. So you know, if I'm not complaining, then I'm not happy. Well, yeah. Um, do you prefer it to the cold, though? At least I don't know what I prefer. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> when I first moved here, my brother was still in California. Yeah, and I said to him. I says, you know, I don't think I belong here. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Richard, you don't belong anywhere. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> so uh, I, I've got my, my kids here. So uh, uh, what would I say about, you know, I, yeah, don't. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, 
even though I've been away from New York a long time, mm-hmm. it, it, it's something that's entrenched in my soul. Yeah. It's, it's because it's my dad. My father, uh, my father was 28 when he passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year before he passed, he put on a show at one of the theaters in Brooklyn. It was a rock and roll revival show. Oh, wow. He had a uh, bunch of doo-wop bands, like mm-hmm. Vito and the Salutations. Mm-hmm. They did a version of Gloria and an Unchained Melody. Uh-huh. Uh, a group called The Dubs, who did a song called Could, Th- Could This Be Magic? So uh, he was 27, put on this show, and I went backstage and I got to meet a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. And it was a memory that will stick with me. So, uh, you know, that's part of, of why being New York. Yeah, I've been out for a while, but it's still ingrained yeah. in, in me. Uh, Do you remember what theater that was? Uh, it's a lowly something. I'll have to look it up. Uh-huh. It, was 50 year, it was 50 years ago on March 9th. So I'm uh, telling my wife a story uh, about the Platters. Now, the Platters weren't there, but it was similar music that mm-hmm. was there. My, my dad was a Platters fan, too. So I had the Platters CD on, and I was typing something on Facebook. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, 50 years ago, I'm sitting with my dad, and we're watching the Platters on TV. And he says, that, that singer there, Tony Williams, he says, Tony Williams is a drunk. He said, Tony Williams is a drunk. I'm seven years old, and my dad is telling me that this guy is a drunk. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea how he knew. <laughs> Fast forward all these years later, I'm watching this YouTube channel from this guy who toured with Tony Williams in the 90s. <laughs> and you know what he said? He said, Tony Williams was a drunk. <laughs> so uh, I'm telling my wife this story, and and as I'm on the computer... I get a notification from this guy's page at that moment. I don't get notifications from anybody at YouTube. Mm-hmm. But I got a notification from him. So it was my dad. Uh-huh. It was my dad reaching wow. out. So, you know, that New York is, is just... My dad was buried at the same cemetery they filmed The Godfather. Oh, yeah. When when Brando, when, when you know, when they're telling Pacino, you know... Uh, when when Tessio came up and and started talking to him, mm-hmm. that was where my, that's where my father's buried. Uh-huh. Uh You know, and uh, a few weeks ago, I was training somebody at work. You know, you and I, we meet all these people from New York, and mm-hmm. then they, they always say, "Well, I'm from this part. I'm from that part." And ninety percent of the time, we don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, I don't, especially me, I don't know what they're talking about, and and I I got no connection to them whatsoever. So I go, "Yeah, New York, that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's terrific." So I'm training this lady from from uh, also from Bensonhurst, and we're talking about how Lenny's Pizza just closed. Right, and then out of the blue, she says to me, "She goes, Vinny died," and I and I I just stopped, and I looked at her. I said, "Vinny died," and she goes, "Yes." Now now Vinny uh, was a, a gentleman in uh, who hung out on uh, Bay Parkway in 86th Street. He would uh, sing with a guitar. Sometimes the guitar had no strings. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, I didn't know until later he was autistic. Uh-huh. And he was homeless. Mm-hmm. But he was always out there. Every day. He was part of the fabric of 86th Street. Mm-hmm. For years. When, when I would go to 86th Street my grandma, with my grandmother when she had a shopping cart. And we'd, we'd walk <laughs> by all the, the fruit stands and everything. Yeah. And there he was, singing and smiling. Mm-hmm. And it was such a joy to see this man. And then when she told me he died, my heart sank. Yeah. But but the thing is, if we're if you win another part of the country and somebody says, Hey, you know that that guy from Mesa passed away? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? He did? I, I, nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. But because it's Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And if you go on to this guy's uh, obituary. There's all the all these people like me, who were from the seventies, yeah. who remembered him, <clears throat> who really put some really nice things about him mm-hmm. because you know he touched our hearts and souls. Yeah. So that moment when she told me about that, it was it was amazing, and I got to tell my daughter, I go, that that touched my soul mm-hmm. when I heard that. That that was, you know, there's the movie Ratatouille. 
Yeah. When 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 the the guy is sitting there and he's eating the food and he's thinking about his 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 youth mm-hmm. eating this this ratatouille, uh, and he goes back in time. Well, when when the lady told me about Vinny, my mind went back yeah. to walking the streets of Eighty Sixth Street with my mm-hmm. family, and and it took me back to a good place. It'll always be there. Yeah. So, uh, and the Mets are a huge part of that. Absolutely, that's, that's part of my. My thing mm-hmm. is, you know, when I you go to when you used to go to Shea Stadium and you see the the the, the World's Fair, the the globe up there mm-hmm. that was still there, and then uh, we used to watch the, you know, when 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 the outfielders will play catch, you have the center fielder and and the left fielder playing catch, and then the right fielder will play catch with somebody who was over on the other side of the fence. Right. I remember as a kid. Uh-huh. And and I would never see I would just see the ball coming out of the oh, fence yeah. over the, the, the home run fence. Mm-hmm. But little things like that that you don't forget. You've been to City Field? No, not yet. Really? Yeah. Oh, you and Josh. I got to take the two of you. The guy that was on the last yeah, show. I, has, I heard yeah, it. you told me. Oh, man. Yeah, you should check it out. They did a really nice job with it, yeah. I think. Um. And they've just been improving it since. Uh, all right. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention? No. I We're mean, through I, all I, of my questions. I, and- I, I hope the Mets have a good year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been disappointed for 51 years. <laughs> uh, and uh, they, they've they won a couple uh-huh. of, of series. Uh, they won 86, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... You know, I I would I would I would be a Met fan anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's the disappointment, but but there's always highs, mm-hmm. extreme highs, and extreme lows. Yeah, the the Mets are like New Yorkers. With New Yorkers, there is no middle ground. We're either easygoing mm-hmm. or we're very uh, yeah, you know. Uh, the Mets represent us very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's, there's no, and, and I would, I would be a Met fan no matter what. Yeah. Because of, of the joy. And again, because of my dad, because right? I yeah. got to bring my kids to the Met, all my kids to the games. Mm-hmm. I still bring my daughter to the Met games. Uh, my first wife, I took her. The first Mother's Day we ever celebrated, we celebrated at Candlestick. Uh-huh. Mets and Giants in an extra inning game. I think she hated my guts right after that. <laughs> she just stayed with me for 25 years just for the hell of it after that. <laughs> that wasn't too happy. Here, our first Mother's Day, she's had a game with me in the freezing cold. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, my... You know, all my friends, I would go to the Mets, and, and that's always a connection. Well, yeah. You just mentioned your kids. I, I think your kids, when you when you listen to this, what are their names? Richie, uh, Anthony, and Cecilia. Richie, Anthony, and Cecilia? Yes. You got to take your dad to a game at City Field. Are they all here in Arizona? Yes, they You are. guys need to take a trip to New York next time, you know, go to New York during baseball season and check out City Field. Well, I keep telling them I'm going to take them with me yeah. just to, to walk around Brooklyn. Yeah, but... that'd be awesome. Have you seen a Cyclones game? No, no. Big... Oh, no, yeah. You guys no, should no, go no, and do no. both of those. Yeah. yeah. And I, I look at these videos, though, at YouTube and people walking on 86th Street and it doesn't look, this, it doesn't oh, look no. the same. No. So... You know, I think the magic to me was my family. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. was that was a big part of it, and I, I do have some family. Most of my family I have in Massapequa, uh, Massapequa. Pequa. Yeah. I got some family there. I think my uh, my father's sister is still there, and my cousin. I have a cousin Lenny who's a doctor in Brooklyn. He, he's still in Bensonhurst. Oh yeah. So he's still at the Met fan the Met games a lot. Nice. He's always complaining about the Mets. Mm-hmm. I stopped complaining about them online. Yeah. It it is what it is. Uh-huh. I mean, you're a Met fan. You got to take the good with the bad. Absolutely. But yeah, my kids do have to take me. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Anything else? Gary Shandling hosted the Grammys, 1994, mm-hmm. at Radio City, and he said something about. Uh, New York, and then he said, and, and I forgot what his comment was, and then he said, whatever you do, don't ask about the Mets. 
And that was 94, so mm-hmm. I think we're repeating that again. No, oh, I don't. And I think it's worse <laughs> now than it was before because there, there was so much uh, hope, mm-hmm. which there is every year. Yeah. So. But this year there was a lot of hope and money. Now there's just money. <laughs> Anything else? No. All no. right. Well, thank you for doing this. Well, thank you. This was fun. Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully we'll get to do a, another uh, Tony and Tina's at some point. Well, it, it's that's one of that was the first acting job I ever did, yeah. and that was, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tony Loria is one of the best. You know, I told him I said when I when I when I got Tony and Tina, that was the thing that kicked me off. That was the thing that put me into to. I did some movies. Mm-hmm. I did some uh, like the Dinner Detective. I worked at a haunted house for eight years. And that was, that was, Tony and Tina is what started me. Yeah. And I told them, I said, you know, back in the, you know, back in the day, the stand-up comedians would, would go to Johnny Carson. Right. And, and, and that's how they started. And I told Tony the last time I saw him, I said, you are my Johnny Carson. Wow. So, and, and yeah, he's good people. Yeah. He's good I don't know guy. if he's a Met fan, no, but no, if he was, a- I would have him. He's a Yankee fan, oh, but he roots for the Mets too. He's oh, one of those. Then, then he's a schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's a great guy. Yeah, and uh, that was you know I I started with him in 2010, so it was yeah. really cool. Here we are, I'm still doing shows with him. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, I'll talk about it in the in the intro, and I'll give the uh, information in case yeah. they want anyone listening wants to book the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Intro and outro announcer, Matthew Carey. Artwork by Lauren Gunn. Music by Braden and Nancy Pastor. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. This has been Mets Fans Out West, hosted by Steve Velarde. Until next time, Mets fans, thanks for listening.